Hello, welcome back to a Rare Breed Podcast. My name is Avi, the host. Sorry, it has taken stupid long to get this out. I did promise you the teacher shortage episode, so here it is. As we all know, the teacher shortage is no new subject. It's been happening for decades. What I want people to know and remember is that because these schools can't find college-educated teachers to hire in these full-time teaching positions... They are being forced to hire people with no educational background whatsoever. These are called long-term substitutes. And in most cases, they are put in permanent teaching positions because these schools simply can't find teachers who already have their certificates. I know some uh, some parents with students that have had multiple substitute teachers in this year already. And at the time of me doing all of this research, they were only in week three. So that was a little alarming. This is happening all over the country. As quoted by someone who says they've been substitute teaching for a few years now, it's just a higher-paying babysitting job that in some cases come with great benefits like medical, retirement pensions, and more. Now, when I talk about great benefits for these substitute teachers, these people are coming from jobs that either don't have benefits available or are simply too expensive, right? Like your average burger flipper does not have benefits. So, and and your average burger flipper is eligible to become a substitute teacher right now. Just take that into consideration. Now, a teacher shortage is not only a major problem for this next generation of kids, but it's making life harder on the parents who have no choice but to send their child to a public school. I mean, the private sector is no better at this point. I did some digging on why these teachers, these certified teachers, were leaving at such an alarming rate. And there's a few reasons, and it depends on what side of the aisle, the political aisle you're on. For those left-leaning progressive teachers, it has to do with the banning of certain books, the way the gay community was being treated in certain school districts, and the fact that they weren't able to teach critical race theory in classes. For the more right-leaning teachers, it was basically the opposite. They didn't want to be teaching a certain curriculum in their classrooms. And on both sides of the spectrum, it had to do with the pay and benefits. Teachers feel like they are not getting paid enough. So... There were also a decent number of teachers that either took early retirement or just simply retired to leave the profession. Now, don't get me wrong. I know there are plenty of people, plenty of capable people, who didn't go to school to be an educator, who can educate kids better than the ones who graduated college. However, this teacher shortage does put kids at risk, not only for bad educations, but also sexual assault. But aside from my concern for the education of this next generation... I am deeply more concerned about the all the children that will be put in situations to be sexually assaulted now that basically anyone can become a substitute teacher. Of course, 
I know procedures are in place to conduct background checks and drug tests and blah, blah, blah. As it stands, as of 2022, all 50 states and the District of Columbia require criminal background checks, and 35 states have at least have adopted at least one other provision aimed at preventing school staff who are known or accused with probable cause to have engaged in sexual misconduct with a student or minor from obtaining new employment in other education settings. I was able to find an article from the New York Times from 2006 detailing their undercover investigation on the dark web, having conversations with actual pedophiles. And when I say detailing, I mean detailed. They dive deep into what these pedophiles do to get around children and the conversations they have about what they do to children all while sharing child, you know, images. They explain at first glance that you can't really you can't really translate what's being said. It kind of just looks like normal conversation. But after a few seconds, it's clear what is being said in these online chat groups. Does anyone know of any girls' summer camps that are hiring male counselors? One man asked the group. Meanwhile, in another dark corner of the web, at the same time, another conversation is taking place simultaneously as they celebrate one of their own landing a job at a sleep-in camp for all boys. Participants in that chat group did not focus on the work. Hope you get to see some naked boys in your cabin, and good luck restraining yourself from doing anything, members of the chat, chat said. And this article goes on about how about their feeling, uh, findings and how it, it was allowing pedophiles to speak openly about their lifestyles. Claiming they don't mean harm to children and that their conversations are just that. Conversations. Well, authorities beg to differ, stating that those conversations m will lead to fantasy and that those will eventually, the fantasies will eventually lead to real world crimes. Looking back from 2006 to now, you can definitely see that was the case. Also, that was how the argument for the term map became relevant. And also how, excuse me, I'm sorry, I burped. I don't know if you heard that. <laughs> that was really rude. Um, <laughs> uh, that that was how the argument for the term map became relevant and also how they weaned their way into the civil rights slash LGBT movement. For those who don't know, the term map is an abbreviation for minor attracted person. And as of 2023, those people are more accepted in the LGBTQAI+, whatever you want to call it, community. They're more accepted than I am as a, I, I put this in quotations, a normal lesbian. 
Which is why I not only find this disturbing, but really offensive. I mean, I want to protect children from being sexualized, and they want to do the sexualizing to children. It's it's just insane. That shouldn't be a debate on who is accepted, who is more accepted in this community, but unfortunately it is. So there's that. The Department of Education has done uh, studies since the early 2000s on the sexual assault cases reported in in a nine-year period. Nearly one in ten students are subjected to adult sexual misconduct by school personnel during their, the course of their academic careers, according to a 2014 report from the Government Accountability Office. The report also found that most states do not require do not have a requirement for school personnel to receive awareness and prevention training on child abuse, child sexual abuse, or adult sexual misconduct, even though many states wanted additional guidance and technical assistance from the federal government to do so. During the course of a seven-month investigation by the Associated Press in which reporters examined disciplinary records from the, what is it, 2001 to 2005 school years in all 50 states and the District of Columbia, reporters found that the teaching credentials of over 2,500 educators had been revoked, denied, surrendered, or sanctioned as a result of sexual misconduct. And more than 80% of the victims in the 1,800 cases were students. What about the people who are being protected and still allowed to work around kids? Yeah, that that's happening too, believe it or not. I bring this up because there was a, a guy, there was a story recently that came to surface about a 52-year-old man in Oklahoma that was hired to be an elementary school principal after he was previously charged with possessing uh, child pornography when he was like 30 years old back in 2001. He was arrested for both child pornography and drugs. And this man also happens to be a very popular drag queen. Is the fact that he's a drag queen relevant? Well, yes, because he created a drag queen story hour organization in Oklahoma to put himself around kids even more. According to the records, which are all public, by the way, you can you can literally look this guy up. Uh, according to the records, though, three different judges went over the case, and ultimately the charges were expunged from his record. That man was able to keep his teaching certificate. If you want to know more about that, if you want to know more information about that story, you can research Shane Brent. Mernin. That's right. Mernin. With an N. However, 
This is just one of many stories I was able to dig up on how the school systems are failing kids by allowing predators to work in or around schools. I found an article by the New York Times from 2002 detailing school the, how the school systems are allowing teachers to continue teaching after termination for misconduct with a minor. In that article, they detail the case they investigate about a former high school football coach from Utah who moved to Nevada after a school called the Child Haven practically begged him to go teach at their school because of the teacher shortage. He left Utah because he was accused of impregnating a student who was in her senior year. Unfortunately, within a year of him working at the Child Haven, there were reports that he was exposing himself to and groping a 13-year-old girl. The list of stories can go on about how many teachers slash substitutes have conducted sexual misconduct on minors on school property. In June of 2000, or I'm sorry, 2022... The education department was calling for stricter laws on the state level to prevent school systems from shielding teachers who are accused of sexual misconduct with students. And I have yet to find anything that shows they are moving forward with anything like that. I don't know. If you can find a state that is actually, like, dedicated to preventing um, teachers with criminal backgrounds from being hired, please let me know. I would love to. I would love to to know what schools are actually implementing those laws. That would also depend on where you live. I know most people don't like to bring up politics and anything, mostly because these days it usually leads to an argument or a negative altercation of some sort. I wouldn't bring this up if it weren't relevant. A New York Times video journalist did a video about a year ago. Well, maybe it was about two years ago. Maybe it was a little over a year. Um, talking about how Democrats are failing every the very cities they represent. How they blame Republicans for stopping the progress in their states. But when you look deep into these states and cities... There are little to no Republican representatives in that state that could make any difference at all. So the, the video journalist asks the question, the most important question, what are these Democrats doing once they get in office, once they get into power? He then also dives deep into what... Um, Democrats do to school districts in their states what they should be doing. I mean, uh, the, the, the whole school district thing, it's a big pain in the ass. I mean, it's a big debate. And I'm not sure exactly what they should be doing. I'm not sure how you divide up property taxes, how you divide up funding for schools. It's, it's a really complicated situation. But what they should be doing, in my opinion, is at least making sure that 
There are school districts that are equally divided up so that the taxpayer dollars from neighborhoods get divided up equally for schools. I don't know. But instead, they're dividing up districts in higher numbers. They're they're drawing lines across a lot of different neighborhoods to create school districts. Certain districts get more money based on property tax in the neighborhood. Those district lines are what make the difference in funding to schools. Lower-income neighborhoods get less funding, obviously. There is so much more I can get into about the negative impacts these Democrats are making in their states, but I won't go into that, not on this episode, anyway. (laughs) I could definitely get into that on another episode, because, I mean, I almost want to do a reaction to that video of the New York Times journalist, and I might do that. I might just do that. But, yeah, I just wanted to point out that this should be more of a... This should be more than a right-left issue, and it's more of a right-wrong issue, if that makes any sense. Anyway, I find it ironic that I was able to find New York Times articles from 2002 to 2006 depicting these situations as a crisis, right? Depicting this as a crisis. How anything remotely close or resembling pedophilia was criminal and indisputable. But today they sing a totally different tune. My question is why? I mean, I'm pretty sure I know why, but it's just my personal opinion. I guess I'll conclude this with a few questions and opinions. My question is, how can we begin to really put a stop to this? I know it seems impossible, and the only way I know to bring awareness to the subject is to talk about it. Even if it makes people uncomfortable. The more we shine light on the issue, the more these kids feel safe to come out of the darkness. I know many children don't want to come forward because of fears. Fear for safety, fear for doubt, fear for repetition... There are a lot of reasons why a child won't speak up about being sexually abused. They need to know that it's not only okay to speak up, but necessary for them to have a healthy and functioning life. Kids shouldn't be afraid to go to school. It's bad enough that kids bully other kids. Kids are mean to other kids. But to fear the adults that they're supposed to be able to confide in is sickening. My only hope in, you know... Writing the article that I wrote for Gays Against Groomers and doing this podcast is to wake people up to not only the reality of what is happening in these school systems, but to encourage parents to engage with their kids more and also engage with their schools and students more. I mean, teachers more. Sorry. (laughs) I... You know, you should be going to the school board meetings, ask questions, get involved, because the more you are, the less likely some predator is to risk anything with your child. I may not be a a parent yet, but I have nephews, I have nieces, and I also have friends with kids ranging in age. And I, I worry 
not only for the children that I know personally, but the ones that I don't know at all. The ones that feel like they have no voice. What do we do about the predator, uh, predators that haven't been caught yet? I still worry about that every day. There is still an excruciating amount of predators that have not been caught who engage in misconduct behind closed doors every day. And the worst part is, they are your neighbors, your family, or friends. You just don't know it. And as scary as that is to say, it's unfortunately the truth. The only thing we can do as a collective is pay attention more. As easy as it sounds, it will probably be the most difficult task we as a society will have to do. Just pay more attention. If this scared you, that was not my intention. However, I will take that as I've done my job. People need to be more aware that this does happen at an alarming rate and all over the world, not just in America. Sexual assault on these children is a big deal. And it shouldn't be happening. And we shouldn't be normalizing children being able to consent. There's all these different debates going on right now about children being able to consent, and it just makes no sense to me. You can't, you can't tell me that a child can make full, fully known and fully aware decisions about their, their life at such a young age. I'm, I'm sorry, but you just can't. If a child is not allowed to get a tattoo or drink alcohol or smoke tobacco or do any of these life-altering conse like consequential things then you you shouldn't be allowing children to make these life-altering decisions about their bodies it's just it shouldn't be happening you shouldn't be allowing children to chop off healthy body parts it's just crazy and you know you can't tell me that it you know it does anything for the teenage suicide rate because it's just that's I find that to be false in my personal opinion I do not believe that allowing your child to chop off healthy body parts will save them from trying to kill themselves no I honestly feel like that will probably put them in a more delicate position and they will probably end up wanting to kill themselves even more so that's just me <clears throat> anyway thank you for listening i really appreciate you please go and support me on buzzsprout it is a rarebreed.buzzsprout.com thanks again and i love you all appreciate you i will get back to you soon